Hi, and welcome to Women at Warp. Join us as our crew of four women Star Trek fans boldly go on our bi-weekly mission to explore our favorite franchise. My name's Jara, and thanks for tuning in. Today with us, we have crew member Andy. Hello. And we also have two guests today. We have returning guest, Annika. Hello. Annika, do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself for people who may have missed your previous appearance in our book club episode about Mosaic? Sure. I do recaps of Voyager, um, and I just started Next Generation um, on Tumblr. And I also uh, talk about fashion and pretty much anything to do with uh, Star Trek and also Star Wars and a few other things. And I have two daughters, uh, one aged 20 and one aged 11. And our second guest is Jenny. So Jenny, do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your connection to Star Trek? Sure. I am a longtime listener, first time caller, uh, first podcast ever. I am a longtime Star Trek fan, and I have a little girl who is about to turn five, which is why I'm talking about episodes for girls today. Awesome. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you. So, as you both mentioned, our topic for today is episodes for girls. So, this originally came out of a listener comment, and the listener was asking for recommendations for episodes to show her daughter, who I believe was nine years old. The uh, letter was read in the Incoming Transmissions episode that we did a few months back, so we can take a listen to that. And we thought, this is a really cool question. None of us have kids, so maybe we could balance the perspective a little bit, get, you know, some different opinions by having people who have kids. Are you saying that my cat ownership is not equivalent to having kids? (laughs) I'm offended. How dare you? I'm just saying that you and I maybe don't go through the same questions when we decide whether or not to put on an episode for our cats. Yeah, it's true. Although Jerry does really like Cat's Paw, he enjoys seeing the cat that looks exactly like him be up on the big screen. I have a really hilarious picture of him right next to the cat from Cat's Paw, just lounging. Appreciate seeing Spot, too. Yes, although I think he likes the ninja cat from Assignment Earth. I think it's called the TOS episode. I just call it Space Bond and Ninja Cat, so I, and I, I always forget the name of the actual episode. So I would like to suggest that in the future we do another episode for cat owners about Star Trek episodes to show to the cats. And to discuss the cats. how Neelix the cat is better than Neelix the Talaxian. <laughs> <laughs> He does like getting scratched behind his ears. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So before we get started in the topic, I just want to remind folks about the Women at Work Patreon. If you are interested in supporting our work, you can head over to patreon.com slash women at warp. And by pledging a small monthly donation, you help us do things like convention reporting and equipment upgrades and just generally making sure this podcast is available for you all. So um, again, that's patreon.com slash women at warp, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash women at warp. And that is how we get things done. So thank you to all those who support us already. And there is your reminder for the episode. Another cool thing that 
the that having Patreon support is helping us to do is that we will be launching a blog starting in January 2017, which is super, super exciting. It was something that we uh, consulted patrons about and people seem pretty excited about. So we put out a call for writers. If you're interested in writing, check out our website, womenatwarp.com for the submission guidelines. And we are super excited to get writing for you all. So back to our main topic. And I wanted to throw this question out to our guests first as people with children. What factors do you think makes an episode a good or a bad pick for kids and girls in particular? Like when you're trying to decide what are we going to watch today? What movie are we going to go see? What's the internal process you do for will this be good for my daughter? Well, the number one thing, and this is partly from remembering when I was a little girl, I always appreciated shows that had other girls in them, like around my own age, or other children in general. So I tend to think of like Star Trek episodes that have, well, not necessarily Alexander Roshenko, but <laughs> um, <laughs> other kids, you know, like uh, Naomi Wildman episodes are always really good. Yeah, that was number one on my list as well, as having um, sort of a self-insert character for the kid is uh, is as important as having a self-insert character for the adult. And even Wesley, who I know everyone hates. I don't. <laughs> um, but my I watched Next Generation with my little brother, and he he loved Wesley. He had, pic- he had posters of Will Wheaton on his wall. Um, he was wow. like five. And uh, and my daughter, uh, we when we went to uh, Star Trek Mission New York, she met Cyric Lofton and got his autograph because Jake is the character that she connects the most to. Um, even though there are great women characters in Deep Space Nine, she really likes Jake because he's a kid like her and he makes up stories. <laughs> it's her favorite thing to do. So... So I, I do think that um, having that perspective is really important. Is there any red flags for you guys when you're like, say you're seeing a trailer and you're trying to decide whether or not to bring your kid to that movie? Is there something that you see that turns you off? Lots of violence and gunplay. I, I don't love my kids seeing that. Although sometimes, like, my son is really into Star Wars. It's kind of hard to avoid with the Star Wars movies. I mean, you have to know your child. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that I, it's, it's difficult for me to answer for anyone other than what I know my daughter is going to like and be able to appreciate. But I agree with the, the violence, and I'll, I'll tell a little story. Normally when I, like, when we go to see a, an X-Men movie or not Star Wars, and now that she's older, I don't do this as much anymore but when she was like eight I would go see the movie at midnight um and then I would bring her if if I found it to be appropriate but I didn't do that with X-Men First Class which was a terrible idea um because I had plans with friends and so we were going to go to a matinee and so I brought Eris along and in the first like 10 minutes of that movie Nazis murder Magneto's mother in front of Oh my god, that's right. And my child has not gotten over it. Like, shit, this, you know, this is years ago, and it's just absolutely, like, she will never watch X-Men, because it was so horrifying, and we left. Like, we immediately, I was like, I told the people I was with, you know, we're going to the mall. (laughs) Bye. Um, So, there, you know, 
that kind of thing is, is the, is what I look out for. Is this going to be something that is really terrifying? And it, it, it does, like, you know, obviously Nazis are terrible, but also the fact that it was a, a murder of a parent was, you know, that's mm-hmm. something that you avoid. I think, I mean, obviously a lot is dependent on, also, like you were saying, individual kids, but also your the age of the kid. And um, I know a couple episodes that terrified me of Star Trek when I was a kid. Um, the first one, I had nightmares all summer about Best of Both Worlds Part 1. In retrospect, as an adult, I'm still glad I saw it, but... If I was a parent and I knew in advance what was there, I might have at least waited for part two to come out so that I could have closure. Picard turns into a Borg! <laughs> and then the other one was the Voyager episode, The Phage, where the Vidians are extracting Neelix's organs. And they look super gross, plus they like sneak up on him in a dark cave and like pull out that knifey organ harvestery weapon thing. And uh, yeah, that still sticks with me today. but. The, the TOS episode of Obsession, where the cloud comes and, and kills people, like, I'm still afraid of that episode. I'm 40. Because <laughs> I was saw it when I was a very small child, and it's like, that sticks with you. This is basically the reason why I think this topic is so important, because the randomest things stay with you when you're a kid. And... Every bit of media that you can consume has such a deep impact on you and you don't have the same critical thinking skills that you do you develop over time, stuff like that. So like something that's scary, like is scary, you know, like you and and you can remember twenty years later that feeling because it gets so intense. I remember being terrified by Home Alone. (laughs) 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 And I remember going to see Home Alone and being so I was like, it's PG. This is the first PG movie I'm ever going to see. And I was, like, scared to see it because I was like, oh, man, maybe it'll be too scary. And, <laughs> oh, God, Home Alone. Well, and there there might be, like, some things to do that would just make it less terrifying, too, because something like, for instance, watching it alone at night in a dark room on a big screen might be scarier than watching it on a tablet in the middle of the afternoon when you're going to go do something fun after. Yeah, I ended up seeing Aliens by mistake, and it was on TV, <laughs> and it was late Aww. at night, and I still can't watch Aliens. It's it Aww. just it terrifies, and I kept changing the channel, and then being like, "No, I have to know," and then t- changing back and being like, "No, it's too scary," and changing it again. <laughs> so interesting because I saw Aliens when I was like nine, and I loved that movie, and I like. I point to that movie as like, this made me an action hero. <laughs> I loved Aliens. and I loved Newt. I was like, this is about me. <laughs> I don't remember being scarred by Aliens so much. I'll tell you which Star Trek episode scarred me for life, though, was <laughs> the, the one where uh, I don't remember the title, but Riker gets abducted by aliens and he just gradually remembers what has happened to him. And the clicking in the background. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that one gave me nightmares. Frame of mind? Is that what it is? I know which one you're talking about, though, no, because um, Worf also does. And then the barber, like, tries to cut his hair and he flips out and it like, gets triggered. And also that's an episode where Ensign, her name should be Rager, plays a big part. And I love her. Ensign Rager. <laughs> another one which um 
I would say falls into that same category. I mean, obviously, we want to spend most of this episode talking about good episodes for girls, but I would say Retrospect would be one that I would hesitate before showing girls, which is the episode where similar happens to Seven of Nine. And um, I think for me, in addition to like trying to find a character that the girl can relate to, but it's also just considering what messages is this episode sending? Because I think Star Trek has the potential to challenge a lot of the really problematic message messages girls get in society, but not every episode does that. So to be like, to what extent is this helpful for the the way that they view the world? Yeah, I wanted to say uh, one thing about how, you know, I think in in specific to Star, Star Trek, I would look for episodes that um, where the awesome women characters get to be awesome, which there are a lot of options for that, um, both with characters and episodes. But you also have to avoid the episodes that feature the awesome women characters being assaulted. Yes. <laughs> there are unfortunately... <laughs> More than I would like of those. Unfortunately, that is a plot device that they return to. Yes, over and, and over. And, you know, it's not like you can't tell a good assault story or it's a good story where an assault happens. Mm-hmm. But I would say that more often than not, Star Trek does not do it the way that I would give the uh, five stars to. <laughs> They do not handle it with sensitivity, from what I've seen so far. And it's it's disappointing. I, I have a question for you, too. So, say you have, like, you had the example with X-Men First Class where it wasn't, like, you had to leave. Have you ever seen something that, you know, messed with your kids and you had to, like, talk it out afterwards? Or, like, you saw some, like, message that you didn't agree with and you wanted to talk it out and talk about the good messages like did you ever have anything like that happen you know my husband watches cartoons with the kids a lot and one of the things he watches with them is the simpsons which i think is a great show but it's it's not a kid show no necessarily so we've had to talk through some of the things from that show like okay you really can't climb out your bedroom window and (laughs) sneak out of the house and like you really can't talk that way to your teacher or you these are words that you really shouldn't say outside of the house that kind of thing yeah I just think that there's there's an opportunity sometimes for media that we give kids to teach messages and like be a starting point to teach them lessons um, and talk that through. And I was just curious if you ever had a moment like that. I mean, I I would say that my daughter and I talk about these things with and whatever we watch. I mean, I overanalyze everything, and my kids ha- are part me and have been raised by me, so they <laughs> overanalyze everything too. Um, and we, you know, that's something we can do together. Um, my older daughter and I are watching Star Wars The Clone Wars and uh, doing like our, we're dueling recaps on Tumblr that we can, you know, this is what I saw and this is what I saw and now we can talk about it. So it's, uh, I don't have a specific example so much. Other, my, there is my, um, my younger daughter really loves this anime called Soul Eater, which I also, um, it's amazing the, uh, the extent they every character in it is sort of um speaking of trauma so it's sort of 
traumatized or or dealing with some kind of uh, mental incapacity in some way. Um, but they're all done. It's very true to life and very respectful. Um, and they all sort of deal with it as the as the anime goes on. And um, that's something that I really appreciate. And so Eris, you know, has written essays about this, you know, 11 year old essays, but uh, about, you know, different mental illnesses, like um, obsessive compulsive disorder, which she like did her own little research on and, and trying to decide if it was something that she saw in herself or her relatives. Um, and she did another one that was on the, there's a gender queer character. Um, and it was basically four paragraphs about why you shouldn't force this character to have a gender, <laughs> um, wow. which I was just amazed at. Um, and so I, those are the things that I point to when people say, you know, you can't learn anything from Star Trek or, you know, this random Japanese cartoon. It's like, of course you can, um, especially if you take the time to talk it out. Art is always telling us something. It's always got a message whether it's super obvious or super not obvious and under the waters, as we might say, it doesn't matter. It always, always has a message, and it's kind of our job to figure out what that message is and whether we agree with it. It's just harder for kids to see that, so they take everything so completely without um, you know, taking the time to, to think through that all of the time. But this is why I, I think this sort of stuff that we talk about with the representation and the way that the messages we're teaching through media is so important because it influences the way society thinks about certain issues. Yeah, and um, like you were talking about, about having conversations with your kids, we had a listener comment from Brandon, the host of Melodic Treks uh, podcast, who said that the episode Arena blew my daughter's mind. The fact that Kirk showed mercy to an enemy was very confusing to Aubrey, who was five at the time. It sparked a wonderful discussion between us about forgiveness and mercy. So sometimes you can maybe show an episode and use that, like you said, as a way to get into a conversation. I thought that that was really funny because, you know, kids are um, trained more into like a black and white narrative of things that, you know, this is the bad guy and this is the good guy and the good guy kills the bad guy or puts the bad guy in jail and then everyone else is safe and you're safe because you're a good guy. And uh, it was neat that Arena, I was like, not an episode I would necessarily think about for kids, um, could actually be able to introduce an important lesson. So why don't we go through a few of our suggestions and we're just kind of going to go around and... Uh, I'll ask you to throw out an episode and why you think you would pick it to show a girl. Um, so I'm going to start with Annika. I will start with, it's actually not an episode, it's a movie. <laughs> um, because this is a, um, a personal, it's personally important to me, that uh, Star Trek IV The Voyage Home is my favorite of the Star Trek movies, um, yes. all of them. <laughs> and um, it, when I saw it, it made me want to be a cetacean biologist. <laughs> I wanted to be Jillian Taylor. That was like my goal was I'm going to become a, a scientist. I'm going to study whales and save them. And then I'm going to meet aliens and I'm going to go into space in the future and everything will be perfect. Um, and I shared the, that movie. I'm pretty sure it's the first Star Trek that I ever shared with my kids. 
Um, and I tell them this story more, like I tell them all the time um, because I didn't grow up to be a cetacean biologist and I'm, you know, I will regret it forever. <laughs> and so I have encouraged them to whatever they want to do. I want them to know that I'm 150% behind them at all times um, and that I will help them. And I use Star Trek The Voyage Home to put forth that message. Um, but on top of being just personally, you know, have this, this story to tell, it's, it's a great movie. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It's, there's no, like, bad guys. There's just, we're going to save the planet. And especially, you know, lately, when it's felt like the planet is in a lot of, you know, we really need to save the planet. Um, that's a great message to go back to. And then, you know, Jillian Taylor is such a feminist character um, in the middle of it. You know, she, she does everything on her own. She is an equal to Kirk. Uh, she stands up for the whales to pretty much everyone. She refuses to be left behind. Um, and she's very focused on who she is and what she wants. And I just think that that's a wonderful, you know, something to aspire to. And she has no qualms about staying in the future to help the whales. Because she knows, you know, that's where she belongs. She's with the whales. I saw the the Voyage Home as an adult. This one has a lot of nostalgia for a lot of people because they saw it as kids. I saw it as an adult and I loved it. And I think it's a great movie for kids. It's funny. It's engaging. There's a lot of action. But you're right that there's a very specific message that is important. And you can you can talk about, like, you say that the, the, there's no bad guy. The bad guy is, like, humanity in that movie it's like the bad guy is the way humanity relates to the planet like that's amazing but then the good guy is humanity too i don't think you could make a movie like that now i don't think that they would let you make a movie like that now which is really frustrating because it's such a cool idea that as jara said humanity is also the hero so, like, it's all about fighting the urges in humanity to take the wrong path and take the higher path instead. That's a great message for kids. Come on. It's awesome. And it's hilarious. That's a fun, funny movie. Nuclear Wessels. Like, nuclear Wessels, exactly. I think it's also one of the best Star Trek movies to feature the ensemble, and particularly the characters of color, uh, Uhura and Sulu. And also there's a decently diverse background cast with uh, the captain of the Saratoga being a black woman, woman and uh, some of the other characters around. So does better than a lot of the other classic movies, and um, as well as all the other reasons you mentioned. Good pick, Annika. Thank you. So, Andy, do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, my first, first, first thought was the TNG episode, Rascals. So, I have an unabashed love for this episode. And there are plenty of people who do not like it and think it's silly. And I see those criticisms and I reject them. I love this episode so much. And the reason I love it and the reason I think it's a great episode for kids is because it's a celebration of childhood and it's about how kids are underestimated and overlooked and 
but they have value and they have things to teach us and childhood itself has things to teach us so especially the scene with Guinan and Ro where Guinan is teaching Ro how to reclaim a childhood that was taken from her and reclaim joy and fun and play is just unbelievable to me I think it's beautiful and then I also just think that episode is super funny he's my number one dad is one of my favorite moments of all time (laughs) Uh, cool Jenny what about you do you want to throw an episode in yeah well the first episode that popped into my head when I heard this topic was uh, of the Voyager episode once upon a time oh yeah is yep it's from season five of Voyager and it centers on Naomi Wildman and it mainly centers on her adventures in the holodeck, which I just think is such a cool concept for kids. I mean, imagine having your storybooks come to life around you and being able to become part of the story. That's just a fascinating concept in itself. And then also because all the adults around Naomi in the story spend almost the entire episode trying to figure out how to talk to her and tell her that you know, her mother might be dead from this uh, shuttle pod crash. And they keep, they're hiding it from her and hiding it from her. And finally, you know, they tell her the truth. And I, remembering back to my own childhood, one of the things that used to make me really mad was when adults would not tell the truth because they didn't think I could handle it. So hearing the truth and dealing with it and dealing with all your feelings about it, I think that's a good that's a good message too. All right. Well, one of my picks was the Deep Space Nine episode Rules of Acquisition, which is the one where the Ferengi Pell is undercover as a male Ferengi so that she can earn profit and turns out to be better at earning profit than all the dudes. And um, <laughs> I picked this for good reason or for a couple reasons. I think it's entertaining and accessible. This is maybe one of the few episodes that I'd be like, I would absolutely recommend this for both kids and adults, because some of the episodes that I would pick as a top choice for adults, like Face of the Enemy, I think would probably bore kids a little bit. So um, with Rules of Acquisition, there's a lot of humor in it. There's also the cool scene where Dax is uncovering that Pell is in love with Quark and is actually more surprised by by that fact than by the fact that Pell is a woman. So it was cool that Dax was like doesn't really blink an eye at thinking that there's a same-sex attraction. And finally, I think that it could possibly be used to discuss times in Earth history where women have had to disguise themselves to get into the same roles as men, um, or even how they still do that to... Um, you know, less obvious extents or expected to do so in like the corporate world. So there's opportunities for different levels of conversation there. All right. Well, that was our first round. So how about you go next, Annika? Again, we'll just keep going in the same order. Okay. I'm going to talk about a second season episode of Voyager called Elogium, which I'm going to put up front is not the best episode. (laughs) I'm not going to say that this is, you know, particularly well-written or amazing plotting or makes any sense. (laughs) However, in terms of starting a conversation, specifically with 
a little girl aged like nine to 11. <laughs> it's really good for that. Because this episode, it's, I call it an after-school special because it's about Kess, who is the young woman that they find in the Delta Quadrant, and uh, she joins the crew. And she only lives to be seven, and so she's like she turns two earlier in, in the season. And basically, she because they go into a, this certain region of space, her biochemistry is screwed up, and she starts to create a baby. <laughs> And she's too young for it. And it's not fertilized. It's like a, I don't know. It's like science. (laughs) It's science fiction. It's not science. Does she carry the baby on her back too? Yes. She basically starts, it's like an egg pouch on her back. And she's like, this is where my baby's going to go. And, but you know, she has to have sex with Neelix for like three days for it to happen. So anyway, because of this, a good, it's a good conversation starter for three things menstruation, teen pregnancy, and abortion. These are three things that I can tell you as, as a mother of daughters, no one wants to have those conversations. <laughs> like they're really difficult to discuss. And so having a story that, you know, takes place in a whole different place in the universe far into the future is a really good starting place because it can say, you know, isn't it, isn't it interesting that this happened to Cass? How do you think she felt about it? You know, what could she have done? You know, what do you think of her choices? What would your choices be? And I mean, my mother died (laughs) before I had my first period. So I don't have any experience with it. Like no one had that conversation with me. And it sounds ridiculous, but Voyager helped me. (laughs) And like the whole episode is a metaphor for being a, you know, 13 year old girl (laughs) and and having to deal with things that you're not ready to deal with. (laughs) And it's just, I just think it's a great episode for girls of that age that, you know, on the cusp of, of being a teenager but not there yet. And then you get to have that conversation before, like, you know, they say, have the conversation about sex before they're ready to have sex. (laughs) This is a way to do that. I would say it's probably a better uh, sex conversation starter than like the naked now. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I actually, I really agree with this, this pick. I thought it was really interesting. I wasn't expecting to see it on a list and, um, but you're right. And there's also a cool scene in this episode where Neelix and Tuvok are talking about child rearing and Neelix has a really gendered idea of how you would raise a kid and, uh, based on their gender and Tuvok just totally logics him out of it. Like, why would you do anything different with a daughter than you would a son? And I do the, my, you know, sons are equally attached to me and things like that. So they, it was interesting. Uh, I think that that was a good little exchange too. I grew up with a a single mom and I have more than once been grateful for the way she approached teaching me about sex. For one thing, my mom is a super straightforward person and she just basically when I was, oh, I don't even know, six maybe, she showed up with a book that was like fully illustrated and was like, here you go. And I mean, that's how it started. But like, as I moved into puberty, she was so open about the pitfalls. And so 
I don't know, straightforward about the mechanics that by the time I was starting to think about having sex for the first time, at all the information, I had friends that were like coming to me with questions because my mom prepared me so well. And I'm really grateful for that because I feel like, especially for teenage girls, sex is so fraught. It's so fraught with so many different issues of self-worth and self-esteem and, you know, safety and the right reasons to have sex and the wrong reasons to have sex and the way to have healthy sex. I mean, it's just, goodness gracious, how long could we spend just on this topic, right? But it's so important. And um, I think it's cool to... uh, It's a cool idea to me to think of taking episodes of Star Trek that deal with it even in a bad way or in a good way and talking to your daughters about, like, what does that mean? And talking through, you know, exactly what you were talking about, Annika, like, what would you have done? What do you think her feelings were? I think that's that's a good plan, essentially. Yeah, that's that's the way to be. Totally got the opposite treatment from my parents, so... I'm here to tell you it's better to be straightforward (laughs) than to hide things. Yeah, well, for comparison, I had a friend who also was uh, the daughter of a single mother. And she went the opposite route. And without getting into too much detail, there was a person who had a healthy view of sex and a person who did not. And uh, it's uh, very much rooted in how we were taught about it and it. And just it's it's so important it's not something you can avoid or skimp out on you know yeah that's so true parents don't let your kids grow up to be charlie x (laughs) (laughs) true facts (laughs) andy you're up next okay 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 okay. what did i choose oh i chose trouble with tribbles the original series uh pretty much any of the tribbles episodes i think could work for this but the original is you know pretty much my fave and although I don't think I've seen them all because from what I'm hearing there might be more in store for me but um I love the original series episode because it's so fun and it's so perfectly paced and the tribbles are so cute and cuddly and lovely there's a lot of very subtle lessons about what power and politics and diplomacy and how different people relate to each other and how different species relate to each other. There's an ecological message about invasive species. Like there's some good stuff in there and some good lessons in there and it's all wrapped up in a super hilarious package. And then, you know, you can also discuss the end and how Scotty sent a bunch of tribbles to die and then punned about it and whether or not that was a good thing or not. (laughs) I had a stuffed tribble when I was little. I still have a stuffed tribble. <laughs> They're so cute, you guys. They're so cute. They purr. Yeah. They purr. And I don't know. And, and Uhura is very... She doesn't have a lot to do in that episode, but she's she's super cute. All of us, when she finds a little kitten. Yes, yeah, she's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually... Oh, speaking of kittens. I can hear a kitten. Yes, that's Mary. I was going to say that I also had this on my list, but I would recommend showing your kid both this one and Trials and Tribulations, the DS9 episode. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. They loved it. That's why Eris likes Deep Space Nine, because that was the first one she saw. Exactly. I think it. I think that it's like they're both great episodes to 
get your kids into loving Star Trek. Even, you know, there are deeper messages, but even if the other messages can't necessarily be discussed with your kids because of age or anything, like they're both just really fun, funny episodes that introduce the characters and the settings and the technologies. And then the DS9 one also just has more women in it. So yay. Jenny, what do you want to throw another one out on the list? Yeah, um, it's actually funny we were talking about mothers earlier because, um, well, TNG started airing when I was about 10 years old. And around that same time, PBS was showing the, what's his name, Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes episodes on the Mystery Hour or whatever. And my mother loved Sherlock Holmes. So the TNG episode, Elementary Dear Data was just absolutely fascinating to me when I was around that age. Um, It's another holodeck episode, come to think of it. I just really loved the holodeck episodes. And it also, not only did it have a tie-in for Sherlock Holmes so I could watch it with my mother, it also has a really cool message that uh, about the power of your words and using the correct words because... I think what happens is the holodeck character ends up being able to take over the ship because Jordy asks the computer to make a character that can defeat Data instead of a character that can defeat Sherlock Holmes. So I, I remember that really making an impression on me, like, wow, the, the difference of one word can really, like, make a difference. Yeah. So I'm going to throw that one in there as just a just a fun episode. In, in general, I think the holodeck episodes are often good for for kids because it's just the ability to go to so many different worlds and time periods and stuff like that and it they're usually very imagination based which is nice so i'd imagine that there's uh plenty of holodeck episodes that i think would be cool for kids and elementary dear data is one of my faves cool so my next one on my list was thine own self from tng and this is my this was my favorite episode as a kid, which is the one where Data arrives in the town and he has amnesia and people think he's an Iceman. And it takes him and the sciencing abilities of a little girl and her dad and to overcome superstition and fear. And they even manage to convince the older woman educator who's well-intentioned but just grew up in this culture that doesn't like they're they're still a little behind the times and i wanted to be the little girl and go sciencing with data so it speaks to that having a character to put yourself in uh to put yourself in their place the only thing that makes me hesitate a bit as an adult is the b plot which is troy taking the bridge officer's exam but even as a kid i really appreciated that she was going back and trying at this thing that she had failed at. And even when Riker is a total jerk to her about it, uh, (laughs) that, I mean, as an adult in some ways, I guess I can see that as even braver because she went back and just kept persevering and didn't, at the end of the day, let herself be talked into thinking she wasn't capable of it. Is this the one where she has to send Jordy to his death? I mean, pretend Jordy to his pretend death. Yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) poor Jordy (laughs) yeah (laughs) but little girl in science (laughs) (laughs) also Troy's in a uniform so you know I'm I'm taking I'm I'm taking what I can get with Troy (laughs) (laughs) she has so little (laughs) to work with (laughs) 
Poor Troy. Before we do another rotation, Andy, do you want to read a listener comment from Alexandra? Alexandra wrote, Data's Day really stood out in my memory. I loved it when it turned out that Ambassador Tapel had actually been a spy who lived in the Federation for years. I was very impressed, thought she was awesome and must have been extremely clever and brave, and she was one of the main things I remembered from watching Star Trek as a child. I'm not sure if being impressed by a character's ability to pull off a fa- false identity for years is a good thing, but oh well, I still think Seelock is awesome. <laughs> Wink! Cool. Um, any thoughts on Data's Day from anyone else? It's a great episode. It has dancing. <laughs> Anything that has dancing is A+. Plus. <clears throat> but it's also, I mean, I really like that uh, it's an exploration of Data, who I think is a fascinating character, and I think that kids would find him fascinating. Um, and so just the idea of he's both still sort of childlike, even and also older than everybody. So he's a really interesting character for to explore. Um, and he does a lot of different things. And yet it's also like just this random day. And I, I think that that's, it's a really good episode to just sort of enjoy. I was going to say, he's a childlike character. Data's Day is one I also really liked as a kid. And as an adult, I don't really enjoy. But I think it's just because having seen DS9, I got to see the bad sitcom relationship of Miles and Keiko O'Brien continue. And then I go back and watch Data's Day and I'm like, it was there from the beginning. They can't (laughs) even talk to each other. How stupid is this? (laughs) But um, the Data stuff is really funny. And I'm not saying like, I would rule it out. Yeah, I'd just be like, hey, so what do you think about that? Do you think there's a better way they could have solved this problem? (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea of using Miles and Keiko as a way to discuss unhealthy relationship dynamics. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) (laughs) They either, they, Miles and Keiko, my god, they either get it so right or they get it so wrong. Yep. (laughs) There's no in between there. (laughs) All right, so we'll go back to Annika then. Okay, um, I have another Voyager episode, and I realized when I watched these for, um, you know, to get ready, that I picked a coming-of-age story for Kess and then a coming-of-age story for Seven, and I don't know what that means, but I think it's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I picked Dark Frontier, which is in the fifth season, and it's a two-parter, but it was, like, uh, it, it... played as a as a one long episode um so it's not even really a two-parter it's just like a movie (laughs) it's Voyager movie um and the reason they picked it as uh first of all all of the main characters are strong women um seven it's it's her story and uh she like Cass uh, looks older than she is uh you know she's physically older than she is emotionally because she spent so much time as a, as a Borg in the collective. Um, so this, all, her entire arc, but this is a, this is one of the best episodes to show it, is she's trying to assert her identity, um, which is a classic sort of teenage girl, and, and teenage boy, but in this case, teenage girl thing to do. It's, I would say, <laughs> that starting at, like, middle school, and again, I have an 11-year-old, so that's why middle school is sort of in, in, in my mind when I'm thinking about 
um, things to share with my daughter. The real world is sort of like the Borg trying to turn girls into something that they can control. Um, and, wow. you know, say you should look like this, you should act like this, you should think like this, you should care about this. And also you have to be yourself. <laughs> and those two warring uh, things, you know, little girls really, really have to deal with. And that's what Seven does in this episode. She has her birth family, the Borg that raised her and Captain Janeway and the Voyager crew that have become her family, all sort of saying, these are, you know, these are the lessons that you should learn. And these are the things that you should pay attention to. And she has to decide for herself, um, you know, which voices she's going to listen to when and make her own choices and make her own decisions and, and who she wants to be. And there's just, there's layers of, of this family drama and uh, searching for identity. And on top of that, it's just a really good, solid story. And, and again, led by all women. And even like, you know, the supporting cast all get to do things. They're all working together to steal the transwarp coil. And it requires every member of the main cast to do uh, something you know that's that's their special part and there's a great scene with Naomi Wildman when she's saying you know she goes to Janeway and she says you can't leave Seven behind like you can't leave her with the monsters we have to go get her and Janeway's like yeah of course we're gonna go get her that's uh then it's one of the most important things of being in command is that you don't leave anyone behind so there's Lots of just really strong scenes for all of the female characters. Um, I just think that it's it's a really strong episode that is centered on a girl's identity. Mm-hmm. I went and rewatched it also because uh, it was another one I didn't so, super expect to see on the list, and that I was like, yes, totally. I I do think that for like really young girls, it might be a bit terrifying, but absolutely, it has like so many important messages, and there's I think. It says, you know, like, it's okay to be scared when things are scary, but ultimately you have to be true to yourself. And um, and then also that people who love you will look out for you. And there's lots of women doing science and engineering. Yes. Yeah, yeah so good. Cool. Okay. And uh, back to Andy. I wanted to just throw some love out for the animated series. Yes. So, yeah. the animated series is a bit of a mixed bag. On the one hand, you have giant Spock, and on the other hand, you have Harry Mudd giving out rape drugs. <laughs> so, you really have to be careful about which episodes you're watching. So, maybe avoid Mudd's passion. But, there are a lot of really great episodes in the animated series, and obviously, it's animated, it's brightly colored, it's surreal. That might be a good place to start for the younger kids. It's also short, so younger kids with a uh, smaller attention span might be good. I showed the animated series to my little cousins and the Infinite Vulcan, which is my favorite episode besides yesteryear, is the Giant Spock episode. They were fascinated by Giant (laughs) Spock, so I call it a great success. 
And then, obviously, yesteryear, if you don't know the animated series and you only need to watch one episode of the animated series, it is yesteryear. It is absolutely vital for Spock's development, and it's also very much about how a young Spock deals with his dual identities and figuring out what's important to him in both his adult and young life. And it's a beautiful episode, and everyone should see it, but it would be great for kids. So... Two thumbs up for the animated series. I always tell people to watch it because I love it. Yes. Awesome. Amen. Jenny. Well, actually, my next pick was Yesteryear from the animated series. Cool. Just because my kids are, are younger, and I felt like a cartoon would maybe be an easier introduction for them. And Yesteryear, of course, is the episode that everyone thinks of because it is... I think, the best episode of the animated series. I hold up Yesteryear as one of the best episodes of Star Trek. Seriously. It, it is very good. Well, it has. I, I rewatched it because I hadn't seen it since since uh, I showed it to them a few years ago now, but I had forgotten that it has kind of a Back to the Future-y kind of vibe at the beginning of the episode where Spock comes back and no one recognizes him. And there's this guy there that's in his place that everybody seems to know. And it's just, it's got that kind of a, like, whoa, what happened? We got to go back and fix it kind of a, kind of a vibe. And, you know, you get to go back and see his, his pet and you get to see his family and you get to see him as a little kid. And yeah. Yeah. That space chicken really messed things up. (laughs) (laughs) I had forgotten how weird that thing was. Everything about the animated series is weird in the best possible way. Do you want a purple pterodactyl that screeches at you and has no legs? It just has, like, curly cues for feet? The animated series has your back. Cat people. Cat people. Oh, the Kazinti. Yes. Beautiful. They fight cat people, man. You gotta see the animated series. No more excuses. Mermaids and mermen. (laughs) Merpeople. Yes. Yes, there is an episode where Kirk and Spock get gills and go into an ocean civilization and help save it. That's a trip. It's amazing. So another listener comment we had was from Sam, who says, Any of the Voyager episodes where Janeway gets science-y, those show that female leaders can be good at science and math. I also love, as a working mother, the TNG episode Remember Me, where Bev ends up alone on the Enterprise. I like this and other Bev-centered ones, because so often on TV, women are depicted as a mom or a scientist, in or scientist-slash-leader. In Bev's case, she is both and neither side of her suffers when she's tested. I love Remember Me. It's a it's a it's a good episode. It's trippy, but and the mystery is cool. And also, Gates Crusher crushed it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember that one scaring me though. I I'm often scared by like psychological dramas and you know just the fact that she knows what's going on but no one else does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. Uh, We've done three rounds. Who else has one that they want to share? Is there anybody that has one that they are telling you not to watch? Like, avoid this episode? Anything with mud in it? No. No. (laughs) Um, the child. (laughs) (laughs) Don't show your daughters that, because... Yeah. It's just wrong. Any of the ones where random energy beings (laughs) assault (laughs) women for no particular reason... (laughs) 
Well, that and it gives a very unrealistic portrayal of childbirth. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> do you need pain medication? No, I feel nothing at all. It's like, yeah. We are thinking about doing an entirely separate episode about how pregnancy is de- depicted on Star Trek, and woof, there are some issues. <laughs> there are a lot of issues. Um, I I just want to say that my older daughter has only recently been asking about Star Trek. My younger daughter is totally into it and watches with me, but um, her big sister it has not been a fan. And so I, she, but we went, she came with me to Star Trek missions and she saw the Voyager panel. And so she turned to me and said, okay, this, this seems cool. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. If you make me a list of episodes, then I'll start watching and I said, okay, we're going to start with Next Generation. <laughs> and, and so I, I, you know, I, and I wrote her a whole big list of Next Generation, and my brother did Deep Space Nine, and I have Voyager, and we're, it's, we're all very excited. She's watched like four episodes, but we're ready for years. <laughs> um, but she, she, and, I, and then she said, well, what about Enterprise? And I said, well, you know, you don't have to watch Enterprise. That's okay. <laughs> and she said, well, why did we watch it so much when I was a kid? And I said, because it was on. <laughs> it was on television. That's when it, when, you know, it was the Star Trek when you were a kid. And she said, that's why I don't like it. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Like, giant newsflash. Probably. So I would basically I'm- say, don't watch Enterprise <laughs> if you want your little girl to like star trek it just it doesn't i don't see it having a lot for kids yeah that series there's there's not no there there for kids yeah <laughs> i i was trying to think of enterprise episodes as well because there are enterprise episodes i like but there are fewer women characters than ds9 and voyager and the one-offs i didn't find amazingly memorable and I mean, other than Erica Hernandez, but even then she's kind of like looped in as part of Archer's storyline. And I just didn't find like a Trouble with Tribbles kind of episode that was just really fun and generally unproblematic. Like there's Bound and there's Acquisition. And like the, I felt like the retro elements that they brought in when they tried to make it more fun were also just brought in all the most problematic aspects too. I was looking back on it too, and a lot of the T'Pol episodes are centered around like other people. No, other people are centered around marriage, her marriage, yeah, her yeah. family, pregnancy. Like there, there is an interesting Vulcan arc, but it's like you have to watch so much nonsense before you can get to it in order yeah. to understand what's going on. I also found original series a little bit difficult just because there are. I didn't know how I would explain a lot of the stuff to a kid when there were women featured because often the women who were featured had some fairly, well, there were like, there were lots of stereotypes, like, um, you know, women who end up being victims, women who end up being slightly crazed and love struck, women who fall for the villains and abandon their duties. There are some that are better, but then I was like, I don't really, wouldn't really show a kid court martial. Like, I like court martial, but I don't yeah. think a kid would be interested in that at all. So I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I'd like to hear listener recommendations for TOS episodes <laughs> for girls. I'll tell you, I was, I was gonna, um, 
recommend or give a shout out to Bride of Chaotica because it's one of my favorite <laughs> Voyager episodes ever. But then I watched it and I was I was realizing the same thing. A lot of the women in that episode are like jokey stereotypes or there's one woman who just screams and doesn't have any lines. And I was like, no, this would take too much explaining. So <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> just forget it. Yeah, but Trouble Tribbles and Trials and Tribulations, I think, is a good way to introduce to the fun of the original series without yeah. having to deal with Mutt's women. My favorite uh, <laughs> TOFs episode is Devil in the Dark. Oh, yeah. Um, which is a really great, like, there's a monster, but you, you turns out to be your friend episode. <laughs> so, um, and I, you know, I, I would show that to, to anybody because I... I I say that's my it's my favorite episode. I'm just like this is why I love Star Trek, guys. <laughs> um, so, uh, but it, there aren't any women in it. Like I'm pretty sure the Horta like, is a woman. That's true. The Horta is a woman, <laughs> and she has many, many babies. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that, and if it came down to it, I would still rather show an episode with good messages about men than yes. that has no women in it than an episode with bad messages about women. Um, I agree. And especially because, I mean, I think that ideally boys and girls would both be entertained by good stories about women and good stories about men. Um, And countering gender stereotypes in either direction is, I think, generally helpful. So one that I actually kept putting and taking off my list because it doesn't really have any women in it is the DS9 episode, Nor the Battle to the Strong, which again, would be like more for older kids because it's a war episode, but it's an episode where basically Jake goes off and he's like, I'm going to be a war reporter. I'm going to be so cool and awesome and go see all these like brave people doing brave shit. And then he realizes that he's actually really scared and everyone else is really scared too. And that it, you know, by talking about your fear that's actually courageous. And I think that that would be an episode I wouldn't hesitate to show boys or girls because it's good to see that strength isn't about not sharing your feelings. Well, it was lovely having you all on today. Uh, Annika, where can people find you elsewhere on the internet? You can find me on Tumblr at pixiedane.tumblr.com, on Twitter at ManicPixieDane, and all of my, uh, all over the web, if you go to ManicPixieDesk.com, I'm, you know, everywhere. Instagram, Pinterest, et cetera, et cetera. All over the place. Um, Jenny, what about you? Where can people get in touch with you, if anywhere? I am on Facebook, and that's it. I just keep it simple. Okay, so if you want to get in touch with Jenny, you can also, the way you would get in touch with any of us on the show, send an email to crew at womenatwarp.com or comment on our Facebook page or our website at Women at Warp or Twitter at Women at Warp, and we will pass it along. And what about you, Andy? Easiest place to find me is Twitter at First Time Trek, where I'm live tweeting my first time through Star Trek. And I am on Voyager finally, so hopefully we'll be able to be talking about Voyager coming up soon. Uh, I'm Jarrah, and I have too many episodes to list. And you can find me at trekkiefeminist.tumblr.com or on Twitter at Jarrah Penguin. That's J-A-R-R-A-H Penguin. Thanks so much for joining us this week. If you'd like to review our show on iTunes, that's another really helpful thing you can do for us. It helps people get information about the show and find us more easily in search rankings. So have a great day, evening, and thanks for listening. (laughs) 